0: Hey there! You're listening to the Doing It Sober Podcast, a podcast about everyday people living their best lives after addiction and alcoholism. Listen to the stories, the tips, and what's keeping these people sober every day. I am your host, Daniela Park, also an addict in recovery with over 13 years sober. I have co-written a few books, and have my very own recovery store. To learn more about me, go to doingitsober.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniela Park. Today, we have a wonderful friend of mine that I met on Instagram that I really enjoy watching along uh, his journey. He hasn't been dealt the greatest cards, but he has really made the best of his life. He's living in Brooklyn. He's been sober since 11, 9, 13. Um, He did alcohol, cocaine, inhalants, basically whatever was offered. And he is raised uh, in Southern Vermont. He became a daily drinker by 17 years old. He was a couch surfer and homeless for 11 years. Been to jail, got sober at 31. He now has a sponsor and he sponsors others. Three different people right now. Wow. I want to introduce you to Cole. Welcome, my friend.
1: Hey, Daniela. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for asking.
0: Absolutely. Now, you are an interesting guy. You, I mean, I see you. You're a musician. <laughs> you're a skateboarder. Mm-hmm. You work every day. You're all over New York. You know, yep. you're having a great time sober.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh yeah gifts of sobriety you know I can um do pretty much whatever whatever I want and that you know what it's like everything I've gotten in sobriety was everything I wanted though when I was out there drinking and using you know I wanted independence I wanted freedom I wanted to be able to Like play in a band and, you know, and tour in a band and like in my head before, like I was a rock star before I even strummed a note, you know, except I I had like the partying down, but none of the actual, uh, songwriting or, you know, no structure to, to put anything together.
0: So you were, I mean, daily drinker by 17, that's pretty intense
1: yeah it you know like when I was sixteen, my parents uh divorced, and so I got to live with my dad um, he raised me i you know he raised me since I was two months old. I never met my biological father um so he's all I know to be a dad but uh alcohol at seventeen was like, you know, I got a relief from alcohol. Um, I lived with him. He was addicted to heroin and crack. And so our house, you know, was kind of, you know, crackheads and junkies, like coming in and out. Wow. And at 17, like alcohol was serving a purpose for me. You know, like,
0: yeah,
1: I could kind of just brush it off because I was finding, you know, fucking just staying drunk, um, as much as I could, you know, it, I wasn't able to buy alcohol, but I was pretty good at getting it.
0: I bet. (laughs) (laughs) So homelessness, uh, that that's tough. 11 years. I mean, obviously you were out there and you just were hopeless.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it started when I was uh, 20, 20, yeah. A um, little bit of my story, I'll share this with, you know, hopefully someone can, um, will be able to relate with this and then just know that there's a solution to this too. But um, when I was 20, I gave my dad $20 not knowing, you know, I didn't think that like $20 could really fuck somebody up. You know, I, I hadn't tried hard drugs yet or anything like that. Uh And the next day I found out that my dad overdosed and died,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: And so I, I think it was like two weeks after his funeral, I just, I wasn't getting enough from alcohol, you know, for like grieving purposes. Right. I, and I decided that doing cocaine seemed like the appropriate thing to do now. Hmm. And within three months, I, I was kicked out of my apartment, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I, I found this thing, you know, um, that told me everything was going to be okay. Everything was going to be fine. Everything I thought was right. You know, I felt good when I was high and, and alcohol and cocaine, you know, it's just like, I can't do one without the other. It's they, you know, they just go hand in hand. And, um, it didn't take long, like three months into, Yeah. On the, on the third month of like not paying rent and like totally just draining my bank account and dedicating every day to like trying to find blow. I had a suicide attempt actually. And it was, it was full on just like I was committed to it. Um, I, I had gotten like on Friday I knew that I should like give my entire paycheck to the landlords. You know? And you I didn't.
0: had the didn't...
1: thought. Right. You know, but then, like, <laughs> uh, and I didn't. And I ended up getting like six or seven grams and buying as much alcohol as I could. Ooh. And on Sunday, after I ran out of my last line, you know, did my last oh. line, I'm up there it's like I know the landlord's like waiting. I'm, you know, suicide just seemed right, and uh, I remember I lived on the top floor, and I took three skateboards and stacked them on top of the rafters, and then put a, uh, you know, put like a an electrical wire hanging oh. down from, there, you know, wow, and and I kicked the chair out. I I was one hundred percent committed to doing this, right, and hung there for a second and then the, it just kind of like unraveled and so I was like oh fuck you know I wow Start you know putting it back up to do it again feeling like a failure and this I rem- I remember getting ready to like kick the chair out again and thinking to myself fuck like if I die I'm not going to be able to be high anymore. Like, I'm not going to be able to get high.
0: Wow.
1: And for some reason, like, that kept me going. Mm. <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel like cocaine taught me, like, what hope was a little bit, you know?
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Um,
1: yeah, but. Um,
0: You're one of was, those guys. So, Go what's ahead. That?
1: oh no so from there I was basically you know my landlords were over it um I was just you know kind of hopped around a little bit I I went out to Oregon and you know I had buddies from Vermont out there and you know, it was cool to like get out and, you know, be in your early 20s. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, I was thinking that, you, were- you know,
1: and like, yeah, I, w- I was skateboarding and I had a job that let me skateboard and, um, you know, but it was at the end of the night, like, it was all just like, I don't know, I, I still want to like, I either want to black out or I want to white out, you know. Mm. that was it was always just there was just not enough or the days weren't long enough or it I always was looking for more and like just from being sober for six years I've I've come to find that like my addiction is like tells me that like when I'm feeling good, I immediately want to feel better than that. You know, like I just want to feel better than I was two seconds ago. God, yes. Yeah. And, and that's, it's kind of like a gift and a curse though. You know, it's like with sobriety and like not being obsessed to use alcohol or drugs anymore. Now I can use that. Like, you know, when I'm feeling good, I want to feel better kind of thing in a more useful direction.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like, do you get depressed? I mean, do you have, I mean, I, you're a real strong, um, spiritual person, you know, it seems like higher power you have, you help others. I mean, you seem like you do a lot of work. I, you know what?
1: I, I, I do. I do. It's, it's like, you know, my first sponsor, you know, laid it out. He's like, he heard my story. We exchanged stories and he's like, well, it just sounds like you didn't really half ass your using, you know, like you're drinking or (laughs) anything like that. You know, it sounds like you really went for it. And I was like, yeah, I did. You know? And he's like, well, that's what you have to do in recovery. You know, like if you're going to half ass it, you know, don't be surprised with what you get. Yeah. You know, and so there was this like, you know, when I when I first started getting sober, I one I didn't know what the fuck sober was. I, I had no clue. You know, N- yeah, I'd never heard words like solution used or, you know, just things like one day at a time or understand. I <laughs> yeah, it was just like, what is all this? You know, and but I did know that like what I was doing was. I felt like it was what I was supposed to be doing, but I was still just like walking around like an animal in traffic. You know, I I just had no clue what was going on and I needed somebody to like center me like, Hey, look, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Once I kind of like let go of trying to like find loopholes to drink or like, you know, find Mm -hmm. reason to, I, I had already used every excuse ever. Like, Ten thousand times, you know, and I could have, you know, used the victim card, you know, like me giving my dad twenty dollars, or mm-hmm. I was molested, or you know, like homeless or whatever, you yeah. know. But they just it ran out. I, it it just wasn't.
0: It sounds like I, you manned up, man.
1: <laughs> well, I it was. You know what? The day that. I wanted to try something different was I went met up with a buddy and uh, I told myself that day that I wasn't going to drink for 21 days. Oh wow. Yeah. Um I w- I had just woke up from a blackout. I was getting sick of waking up from blackouts. Yeah. And I was like 21 days, 21 days, 21 days. You know, I met up with him, he handed me a beer, I immediately drank it. And I was like, okay, well, tomorrow, you know, and so now I'm starting to like, just chug beers. And I wasn't getting anything from it, like like nothing. And so I just kept drinking like as much as I could. And I wasn't getting any sort of relief from it. I wasn't getting a buzz. I wasn't like, and I started freaking out. You know, I was just like, this isn't supposed to be happening like this. Mm. I'm, I'm supposed to be forgetting about things and feeling like, you know, drunk and I'm not. not and happening. I, no, it, it, it like literally stopped and I just freaked out, you know? And so for some reason I had a person, uh, a single sober person's number in my phone. Why? I don't know.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: But yeah, so I, Got a hold of him, and was like, "Hey, yeah, can you take me to one of them things you go to?" It's like, "Yeah, man, no problem." And like, I, I just remember the biggest fear I had of that day was if I walked into one of those rooms that it was going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was like, "What? What if I go into this room where these like sober people are?" And it works, you know? And this is someone who's been sleeping on couches for 11 years or homeless or, you know, like huffing whatever at seven in the morning because they're blow right now. Or, you know, just like court dates and, you know, just hating the mirror, you know, just (laughs) but like the insanity of, you know, fearing that is just fucking crazy.
0: (laughs) So you made the call, you went to the meeting and, yeah. and then what happened?
1: You know what? It, it was a complete shock. You know, I walked in there and I remember it just seeming so bright and I'd never been in a room where I thought there were so many normal people. And so I was just taken back. I was like, what the fuck is going on in here? And right when I get in there, I immediately start judging everybody before anybody said anything. Like I had their story figured out. And, you know, somebody's sharing like, oh yeah, you know, I'm so-and-so and and I have five years sober. I start like in my head, I'm like, that person's lying. They don't have five years sober or they're just a straight up liar. You know, like they're not a real addict. They're not an alcoholic. But then when I heard somebody say like, Oh yeah. You know, I have 47 days sober. Like I was attracted to that. I was like, how did you do 47 days? Wow. You know, like I to rewind a little bit when I went to jail, you know, I, I did Coke for a little bit in jail. I was trading phone calls for blow at Rikers Island.
0: Oh my God. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, uh, but then when I got transferred back to Vermont, um, you know, I thought I had my drinking under control because I wasn't drinking in jail, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the insanity, but yeah. I could, I could have gotten drunk in jail. Um, really? yeah, the guys were drinking this drink that they called Santa Tannings, which was Kool-Aid and hand sanitizer. Oh, and, I, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to say no to that. I'm, I'm going to. You know, so in my head, I'm like telling myself, yeah, you have drinking under control. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh my God.
1: You know, like, okay. And the second I got out, once I got released, my mom came to pick me up and, you know, I got in her car and I immediately still didn't feel free because I wanted like a 30 pack, a bag of blow and a carton of smokes. Like I immediately wanted that, like right as I stepped out, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and (laughs) it's just like, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. Yeah.
0: So when did the acceptance come in? I mean, you, you, okay. So you walked in the doors and did you go back out again or did you stay?
1: Well, you know what? I, I, uh, I stayed, I found, Uh, actually my first sponsor walked up to me, you know, after he had seen me, I kept going, I kept going every day. Um, and my first sponsor had seen me a couple times, knew that like I was shy, so shy, you know, sat by the exit, didn't Mm -hmm. talk to anybody immediately after it was over, run out the door. Um, but he walked up to me and he's like, Hey, I'm going to give you my number. Why don't we talk sometime? You know? And so we did, we, we exchanged stories, we had coffee and, um, I still just had no clue what was going on. And I just kind of like did, you know, everything he suggested because he sounded like our, our addictions were very similar. Mm. It's like, well, if this guy's telling the truth, you know, like I should probably do, you know, the things that work for him. I should probably try that, and I did. And then at day sixty six, wow. I uh, I went to, and I got honest with this guy. You know, thoroughly honest. Yeah. And and uh, but at day sixty six, I went to visit somebody in Colorado, and. I didn't want to drink when I went there and I drank and oh. I hated it. I hated it. I felt horrible. Did you I feel wasn't guilty. Yeah. I, fe- I felt like I was being a poser. Yeah. You know, I-, I felt like I was being a poser and, yeah. um, I called him and he's like, well, you can get back on the horse, you know? And mm-hmm. so the next morning I woke up, And my friend is like, Hey, I'm going to the store. Do you want anything for me? You want me to pick anything up? And in my head, I'm like, yes, I want an 18 pack of beer. And I was like, you know what? No, don't, don't get anything. And so they leave five minutes after they left. I go to call, you know, I'm on vacation at this point. I already drank. Why not? (laughs) And I go to call. And the phone's ringing from inside the house. So that means they forgot their phone when they went to the store.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. And I was just tripping out. I was like, if that's not some sort of sign, you know, I, I just like hopped in the shower and just stood there, you know, just like, what the fuck is going on? I want so things to keep started hearing-
0: being clear for you a little bit. Like, like you were starting to be more aware of,
1: I was. Yeah. Cause I, I told somebody like about like where my drinking and drug use had gotten me and how I hated it. You know, I wasn't having any fun for the last few years. There was no fun. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to do it, but kept doing it. Didn't, you know, d- didn't think about why I, I, I just, it was second nature to just, no matter what I was doing, I was always trying to drink. Yeah. and then after like the acceptance thing was you know like okay i'm an alcoholic i'm a drug addict i'm a scumbag i'm a piece of shit you know like okay now what and if i was to just do it on my own i know where i would have ended back up you know i how was i supposed to teach myself how to not you know d- Uh, pick back up because I was so good at convincing myself to drink. You know, I, I needed a change of perspective, you know? And it's like something I've learned from like skateboarding. If you want to get better at skateboarding, hang around better skateboards. If you know, like, You have to hang around people who know what the fuck they're doing.
0: And by the way, you're a pretty good skateboarder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um,
0: Wait, now let me ask you, you're a musician. Yeah. I mean, yes. you tour around, you play music on the weekends all the time. And, I mean, how does that work with your sobriety? How is that, has that been hard? Uh, huh.
1: It, you know, It was. it was really hard because when I – When I first got sober, I basically took the first two years and I actually didn't skateboard. And mind you, this is my story. You know, this isn't how it is. This is just how it was for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a hard time, really hard time, like socially. You know, I don't have that lubricant anymore. I don't, you know, like if I was going to go be social, one, I didn't really want to do it. And two, I needed like 13 beers to get me started to want to go out, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So now, you know, I would, I would just like play guitar and, you know, when I wasn't like doing any sort of anything program related and just kind of like, oh shit, now I have my own bedroom, you know, kind of like, wow, this is new and you know, finding out these like I, you know what? I bought my first pillow, my first pillow at thirty-one years old.
0: I love it. Yeah. You
1: know? and then right after that, I bought three more, and then I started <laughs> and it was just like this weird, like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You know? oh,
0: I love it. Yeah, it's funny. I love it.
1: So it right before I got two years sober, my best friend who I have a band with, he was living in New York or lives in New York city. And I was Mm -hmm. living in Portland, Oregon at the time. And he called me one day and said like, Hey, what do you think about getting the band back together? And I was like, you know what? I'll be there in like four weeks. And that's like a gift of sobriety. Like that's like what I always wanted to be able to do was to just like okay, something rad is happening, like, across the country, I can just go and leave and do it. And I get to New York, you know, and so we start practicing and stuff, and we're creating songs, and, you know, it's 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 going smooth.
0: Yeah.
1: Socially, for me, it's not. You know, ah. create, like... My create- creativity is on point now, finally, but socially, I'm just such a weirdo in general. And then, you know, I, I just, it's been the toughest thing for me, but mm-hmm. we had a, our first show coming up, you know, for me sober. And I'm like, it's getting, the days are getting closer to it. And I'm like, I don't know. I do not know about this and it was horrible (laughs) it was a horrible experience oh like immediately like i i strummed the first note the pick drops (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) no yeah the pick drops and now my my knees are like shaking and my hands just like and it was all about like, oh, everybody's paying attention to me. and like, Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so made it to the first show. Yeah. Good. About nine more shows went the same exact way. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, and it was like, I remember we were playing a show. It was in like Worcester, Mass. And, and I was, and it was the last show of this like, Weekend out of town thing we were doing and I remember like saying to my buddy like Dude if this show goes the same way as all the other shows, like, I don't know like I don't know if I can do it (laughs) and it was It didn't that night it finally, you know, i had been practicing to like meditate and just stop being so obsessed with myself like on stage you know and i've been putting in practice you know about about, like trying to let go of that about just this image that was in my head of like me you know just seeing myself fail and you know and all that and finally that night there's about nine people at that show (laughs) and it clicked though i felt like i was in my room playing guitar I mean, that's, it's just like
0: listening to your story and then seeing or hearing about your attempts and, and the fact that you stuck with it and that you're, you're meditating and, and you're doing stuff to, you know, enhance your life and to make it more functional and easier on you right. um, so you can enjoy what you do. I mean, that's a long way from where you came from. That's huge. Oh, I
1: mean, yeah. it's It's weird thinking about, you know, like it's, it's just like, I, I'm not supposed to be according to my addiction. I'm not supposed to be where I am.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I'm supposed to be returning cans in jail or dead. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like when I was actively using my life had more of a fate about it. And now that I'm not, you know, I get to have this free will to do what I want, as long as I stay connected to other people who struggle with the same thing I do. Yeah, you know, it's it's simple, but addiction's no fucking joke. You know, it's it's not like I, I remember just like the the first Friday I made it through. You know. Like yeah. how big of an accomplishment that was, you know? Yeah. And then Saturday was like, oh, fuck, am I going to be able to do this? You know? But now, any day, any event, what, whatever, you know? And when you're on the road, um, you know, with a band, you know, there's always alcohol, drugs, and all that stuff. And I just, like, I, I don't see the attraction in it anymore i played the tape it always ends up with me being homeless and hating myself and Mm -hmm. there you know what there's cool things on the road like uh there's this thing in detroit that um if you're a traveling musician and sober they'll come pick you up at the venue bring you to a meeting or bring you just out to talk with other sober people and then bring you back to the venue before you play.
0: Wow, that is cool. Amazing. Yeah,
1: it yeah, no, it's awesome. And it's just like uh, that really isn't any different than like something I'd wish for if I was using and be like, okay, so there's this dude that'll come to the venue, show me where to get drugs, and then bring me back to the venue. You know, it's <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm getting I'm getting what I need. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And um but, yeah, I don't know. It's just always about just staying connected, um,
0: Being of you service. know, reaching
1: out, not turning anything down for, you know, any sober opportunity. And seven years ago, I have six years sober, so seven years ago, if you had told me where I would be, I'd be like, wow, that sounds fucking awesome. And how the fuck did I do that? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, life's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, but yeah. Well,
0: what I can say is that um, I have interacted with you somewhat on Instagram for a couple of years now, and um, you've you you've been through a lot more than you actually say, and um, you you really have come so far, and I'm so proud of you. I'm happy to know you. And, uh, hopefully we'll get to see your, metal's not my type of music, but I'm totally <laughs> down to come see you play one time. And, um, thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, appreciate of course. It. Yeah.
0: And, uh, we would love to have you back on maybe in six months or so to see what's happening.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm totally, totally down to do that.